We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets. Thank you to everyone out there, as always. Whether you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify, whether you're watching this on YouTube, and yes, we are dropping at least some episodes now, full of full episodes, on YouTube, this is actually going to be one of them. But again, whether you're watching, whether you're listening, thank you very much. This is going to be a a solo effort today. Well, sort of anyway. And I'm going to tell you right now, because this is on video especially. This is going to be raw, warts and all. I'm not redoing anything. I'm not going back. I'm not editing anything. So if I screw up, I screw up. Anyway, here's what we're doing today, and it's not going to be a particularly long episode. I took to Twitter on Monday afternoon, and I asked Buffalo Bills fans out there to tweet at me your biggest, your boldest Buffalo Bills offseason predictions. Didn't necessarily say realistic. I said your biggest, and I said your boldest. And I'll tell you what, man, you guys, you guys came correct, man. There are a lot of good tweets here that I want to get to. So here's how it's going to work, folks. Again, whether you're listening or whether you're watching along on YouTube, it's all the same. Um, I got tweets. I'm just going to read them off word for word, who they're from. And I'm going to, well, I'll have some takes at least on some of them anyway. But again, these aren't my bold Bills offseason predictions. These are yours. And I like doing interactive stuff, by the way. As this podcast continues to grow and progress, especially now that we're doing some YouTube stuff, there's going to be a lot more interactive things, whether it's Q&As, whether it's a topic today where I pick something and you give me your responses, whether it's some occasional live streams, whatever it may be, this is going to start to be a podcast that more and more gets interactive with all of our listeners and all of our viewers. But anyway, on that premise, I don't want to bullshit around here anymore at the top. Let's just get right down the business. And again, raw, unedited, I screw up. Oh, well, I screwed up. Let's get going. Let's start right away. Number one, um, this is from Bills for the Money. He says, the Bills acquire Saquon Barkley for a fourth and conditional pick next year, no higher than a third to the Giants, becoming running back one. All right, well, I mean, let me say this. I mean, on the surface, Bill, it, I can understand why. And again, these are your boldest offseason predictions. 
look, Saquon Barkley is an outstanding talent. There's no denying that. He was a second overall pick of the draft in 2018. When he's healthy, he's special. He's, he's a special talent. We haven't seen a lot of that, though, and that's kind of the problem because he's been, uh, well, quite frankly, he's been hurt a lot. And he's also been on a very, well, at least last year especially, a very bad offense, man. They just, they weren't good. And if you've owned Saquon Barkley in fantasy football over the last couple of years, and I've had a couple shares of him on, on some teams, I know you feel that pain. You feel my pain, right? Guy's a great talent. He's just not available. Not often enough. Anyway, one year left on his contract, too. This is another thing. He's got a $7.2 million cap hit, and he's only got one year left on his deal. So you're, what you're saying is you would expect Brandon Bean to give up an early, by a fourth round, an early day three pick and potentially a late day two pick for a one-year running back with, for all of his wonderful talents, has an injury history, only one year left on his contract and a $7.2 million cap hit. Bill, I just don't see it, brother. I just don't see it, man. Um, it doesn't fit the Brandon Bean ammo. And we know he's not afraid to make a trade. Hell, we've seen it with Stefan Diggs. So your boy's not afraid to make the trade. I just don't, I don't think this is a trade that would make sense for the Bills, quite frankly. And again, would I like Saquon Barkley on the Buffalo Bills? Sure. Not at that price, though. A fourth and a conditional, which could be, you know, no higher than a third. No. And look, I know there's going to be a lot. In fact, the very next tweet is, is more of the same. There's going to be a lot of, Buffalo Bills, New York Giants trade rumors for a lot of reasons, in part because the Giants head coach, the Giants general manager, were with the Buffalo Bills last year. The New York Giants are a team that's not very good right now. And the New York Giants are a team that is in very bad, very shitty salary cap space. So I get all that. There's, there's other players on this roster that if the Bills were going to make a trade for, I'd rather it be Saquon Barkley. And I'm not necessarily... As good as he looked at the end of the year, it's not like I'm, you know, I'm overly stubborn on Devin Singletary. Like I won't listen to upgrades because I absolutely will. And there's a couple more coming up among these tweets. But this doesn't, this, uh, it just doesn't feel like a good fit for me. So good tweet. I mean, I respect, I respect the bold prediction, but I don't see it happening. Let's move on. This is from the original EZE. He says the Bills trade for Leonard Williams so they can rush Ed Oliver more from end. Um, all right. <laughs> That's kind of a lot to unpack here. Leonard Williams, again, another a New York Giant defensive end. Six and a half sacks last year. He had 11 and a half in 2020. The talent's there, man. This dude's a baller. He's a great player. There's no question about that. Personnel-wise, would he be an upgrade for the Buffalo Bills at defensive end? Bet your ass he would be. He's a great player. There's no question about that, but there's other factors you need to look at. A, he has two years up on his contract. Now his cap number is outrageous. It's like $27 and $26 million each year. So I'm sure he's available for the Giants right now for trade. And I think the way it works, now I'm not, I'm not a cap expert, so I don't want to, and I don't want to try to pretend I am, but I think the prorated signing bonus that would be left goes to the team that trades. So that would all be dead cap money to the Giants. But even still, you're looking at a, a $19 million and an $18 million cap hit if the Bills were to trade for Leonard Williams over the next two years because he's got two years left on his deal. It just, I never say never. Well, let's just put that out there right now. But it doesn't seem to me to fit 
the Brandon Bean ammo when it comes to defensive end and what he's looking to do. And by that, you go to his last two drafts. Last year, a very first pick, Greg Rizzo in the first round. He comes right back in round two with Boogie Basham. The year before, the Bills didn't have a first-round pick because they acquired Stephon Diggs. With their first pick of the draft, second round, they took A.J. Vanessa. So they've used three top two-round picks on defensive end in the last two drafts. So to go and pay a guy $19 and $18 million over the next two years, and, I mean, I haven't even mentioned, what's the compensation? What are the Bills giving up? Like maybe a, a third and a fifth? Some like that they're not going to give up a first. They wouldn't give up a second, but maybe a third and a fifth because of the contract. I mean, maybe that's draft compensation wise. It's feasible. I don't know, man. This is going to be one of the fascinating things. And this has nothing to do with your tweet. I'm kind of going off here on my own, but what they do with Jerry Hughes, I think is going to say a lot about what their intentions is going to be. If they bring back Jerry Hughes, like if they re-sign him before free agency, then a move like this, in my opinion, is out of the question. If anything, they get another guy and they, and they draft maybe high again to get another end. But if they let Hughes walk and Addison walk and you're left with only second-year players, Rizzo, Boogie Basham, and a third-year guy in A.J. Benessa who's been extremely underwhelming, and I'm putting that generously right now, then maybe a guy like Leonard Williams, maybe that does become a little more realistic, folks. But I still, again, great take. Nice bold prediction. I don't see it happening. And by the way, one last thing, Ed Oliver rushing at Edmore, that I don't get. Ed Oliver has become one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, in my opinion. I thought he was fantastic this past year. In fact, this year, I think he was one of the biggest bright spots for the Buffalo Bills all season long because it, it was worrisome a little bit. I mean, I think, I think Ed Oliver looked pretty well. He looked pretty good his first couple of years, but he didn't look like a top 10 player. Hell no. Maybe, you know, even a late first rounder at best. No, I, I don't know, man. Now, I know stats don't always tell the story with him, but I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter because this past season, he was really, really good, man. He was phenomenal at times. And I like what they're, he's giving them from the inside. The Bills don't have enough inside pass rushing aside from Ed Oliver. You don't need him rushing at end. So the last part of that tweet, I really don't, I don't agree with. Leonard Williams, hey, man, you never know. You never know. Uh, let's keep moving. Lance Nelson. He says, Khalil Mack will be on the roster. Um, eesh. Well, I'll put it this way. I, I get all the ties. I get all the reasons. He's a great pass rusher. He's better than anything the Buffalo Bills have right now. Of course, he's a University at Buffalo product. He almost got drafted by the Bills. The Bills went with Sammy Watkins. Khalil Mack goes one pick later. So you got the Buffalo connection, the need, all that stuff. Trust me, man, I completely get it. But there's also factors here, right? Your, your man's got three years left on his contract still. He's going to be 31 years old this season. Production-wise, if we go by sacks, and trust me, if you're on Bill's Twitter, you know sacks don't mean that much. It's about win, win percentage. It's about a lot of other things, pressures, quarterback hits. So don't just go by sacks. That said, and I'm looking now, six and a half, seven sacks over his last couple of years. We had six sacks in only seven games last year. I should point that out. So, um, look, man, the, the, the guy's a great player, okay? But financially, too, I mean, you're talking a big, big hit financially. Um, the Bills will probably pay around 12, 17, and 17, 17 and a half million over the next three years. I think 
more realistically what could happen. And I don't know. I don't know anything about the Bears. So I don't want to try to pretend like I do, but they're a team that seems to be rebuilding. I don't know that their cap situation is great. Maybe they cut Khalil Mack. And I did look it up. Like if they were to cut him right now, there's no savings. But if they were to cut him with a post-June 1st designation, which they could do, they would eat about $12 million in dead cap space, but they would save about seven over $17.5 million. So maybe they cut him. Now, to be fair to Lance, the guy who tweeted this, he says Khalil Mack will be on the roster. He doesn't say the Bills will trade for Khalil Mack. If he's a free agent, kind of like J.J. Watt was last year, I think you got to kick the tires on him. He's All due respect to Jerry Hughes, Khalil Mack's a better football player. He's also going to be a much more expensive football player than, uh, than Jerry Hughes. But, yeah, I like Khalil Mack. I would love to see this. I mean, there's other guys I'd like more, but especially, again, considering how old Mack is. Well, not old, but he's 31 years old. I mean, that that's not a youngin anymore. There's other options out there, but I wouldn't hate that. Let's keep this going. Joseph Goho says, the Bills will draft a cornerback in round one. It makes too much business sense. They will not pay Levi Wallace millions to stay because there will be too much money tied up in secondary and Bills have never paid much for a CB2. Plus, Trey can miss half the season. This is a, I like this tweet a lot. I think it's a good tweet. Um, let's kind of unpack it a little bit here because there's some layers to it. The Bills will draft a cornerback in round one. I can see it, but I don't. It's February, man. One of my biggest pet peeves for the offseason is when people start doing mock drafts right now. I hate it. Well, I don't hate it. It's just don't pay any attention to it. And I get why. Look, I'm a content creator. I understand it. Talking about the draft now in the offseason this early, it's content. It's something to talk about. It's great water cooler talk with your buddies. I get it. Trust me. But you can't project the draft with any even remote sense of accuracy right now at this point. And the reason being is because we don't know what the Bills are going to do leading up to the draft. Who knows? All right, you could say today the Bills are going to draft a cornerback in round one. That's going to change if the Bills go out and they trade for a corner or if they sign a corner to a big contract, Levi Wallace, I don't think that's going to happen, but let's just say him or lots of other corners out there. They give somebody some big money. You got Trey White, you got Dane Jackson. You think the Bills are going to use a, a first round pick? No. So who knows? But I will say as of right now, as we record this today, I'd say cornerback is probably the most likely position. A corner, defensive tackle, maybe if, if there's any worthy of, of, of a pick around there. And I don't know that there is. Uh, maybe a wide receiver if they don't do much. Again, in free agency at a, and a guy happens to fall. I think offensive guards certainly could be in play. If they bring back Jerry Hughes and want to continue this youth movement at defensive end, if they feel Rizzo and Boogie are going to take a major step, maybe they invest another draft pick at defensive end. It could happen. Now, if they were to draft a corner in round one, there's a, there's a couple guys out there. Uh, Ahmed Gardner might be there. You might have to move up a little bit to get him. Uh, Roger McCreary from Auburn. He's a guy that I think people are going to talk about in the next handful of weeks a lot. Uh, Trent Trent uh, McDuffie from Washington. He's another one. So yeah, sure. I mean, it's a possibility. The, the part of this tweet that you know sticks out to me is the Bills will not pay Levi millions to stay. I agree with that. 
And he says in part because too much money's tied up in the secondary and the Bills never pay much for CB2. I agree with that 100%. I like Levi Wallace. Do I want Levi Wallace back? Yes, I do. But do I want Levi Wallace back? If he's going to make eight to nine million a year, like I think Spot Rack and a couple other places have rejected. No, nope. Thank you for your service, Levi. You're a good player, but go get your bag somewhere else because it shouldn't be Buffalo under that circumstance. Joe's right, man. Trey White's making big money. Poyer's making big money. Hyde's making big money. So, Teron Johnson just got paid. He got an extension last season, during the season. I don't see them paying big money at this position either, folks. I could see them, especially with Trey White hurt, maybe they get a veteran stopgap kind of guy in free agency or a small trade, and then they draft high and develop, along with Dane Jackson, who's, you know, he's pretty good. And then Troy will be back, hopefully, 100%. Good tweet, man. I, I like that tweet a lot. Good job, Joe. Uh, let's keep it moving here. The Bills trade this year's 1-3 pick for a star pass rusher. They draft interior offensive line in the second round, and they sign Fournette. He's talking about Leonard Fournette to start at running back. <laughs> this is from David Chesbro, by the way. Man, this is a bold... Uh, <laughs> This is a bold, ambitious tweet. A lot of layers to it. Let's uh, l- l- let's unpack all three of these here. The Bills trade a first and a third for a star pass rusher. I really don't know who a, a star pass rusher out there. They would be potentially available for trade. You got to look at age. Guys you'd want to trade for. Shaquille Bear from Tampa. Brian Burns from, from Carolina's good player. Uh, Marcus Davenport in New Orleans. I mean, they're a crappy, crappy team right now anyway. Great player. Bad cap situation. But man, giving up a first and a third for star pass rusher, that's that's a lot of resources, man. It's a lot of draft capital. Especially again when you've used three um picks within the first two rounds over the last two years on defensive ends. I could see them making a move for defensive end, but I think giving up a first and a third for one, I think is too rich based on what they've done. I wouldn't hate it though. Again, you give me Davenport, you give me Shaquille Barrett. You give me a Brian Burns, you give me a guy like that, you give me another guy who we're going to talk about specifically in a minute, not for first and third though, and I'm going to be really, really happy with this front four. So I don't hate it. Draft interior offensive line in the second round. Couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I have no idea who the player might be, but I couldn't agree more. I think the Bills are going to and should tender Ryan Bates, and I think the Bills are going to and should attempt to restructure Daryl Williams's contract. He can't have a $9 million cap at this year to play right guard. But I also don't want to cut him. I think he's a pretty talented player. I think he moved around a lot between guard and tackle because of the injuries and COVID last year. I think that screwed him up a little bit. But I really like the way the Bills offensive line looked at the end of the year. And uh, you, But you got to add some, some youth there because I think John Feliciano is probably going to be gone. They can save over $3 million by cutting them, like $3.3 million. I think uh, there's a good chance that Cody Ford gets cut. The cap savings is only about $1.5 million, but I think it's more about football than it is at this point, about money when it comes to, to Cody Ford. Ike Bakker tore his Achilles. Who knows if he's even going to be back, and if he is, what kind of shape he's going to be in, what kind of player he's going to be. I think the Bills should use at least two. Last year, the Bills used um, back-to-back picks in the third and fifth round on offensive tackle. 
I think the Bills could very easily go second and third or second and fourth round picks at guard slash center, interior guys. Hell, if the right guy's there near the end of the first, they might use a first round pick on interior line. In fact, I probably would put that right now. And I don't know, <laughs> if Vegas had odds on the Bills' first overall pick, I would say corner's the betting favorite, but I would say interior offensive line is probably in second. A sign for that to start at running back. Look, are you going to get a really team-friendly deal? Because if you are, I'm interested. If you're not, then not so much. Are we getting Jacksonville Leonard Fournette? Are we getting Tampa um, Leonard Fournette? He was great in Tampa, but look at all the weapons around him. I don't know how much that was him. I like him. Don't get me wrong. Sure as shit is an upgrade over Zach Moss. And uh, hell, he might be an upgrade over Devin Singletary as well. I've heard of worse ideas, but yeah, I'm not in love with that. Anyway, that was a good tweet, though, from, uh, from David. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's move on here. James, James R. 1986. And by the way, I'm losing my voice a little bit here, live on the air. I get a little sip here to drink. Bill Signer draft are running back to compete with Singletary as RB1. By the way, there's four layers to this tweet here. HMs, I don't know what that even means. Hughes and Addison are both on the team next year. Other predictions. Wallace walks. Bills draft a cornerback early. Beasley and Sanders are not on the team next year. All right, well, we already talked about a couple of these. I agree. I think Levi Wallace walks because I think he gets paid somewhere else. He's earned a good contract too, by the way. So again, no hate on your way out for your boy. Bills draft a cornerback early. I completely buy that. Um, the Bills signer draft a running back to compete with Singletary as RB1. I really, I mean, we, we've already talked about Barkley. Someone just mentioned Fournette. There's only one guy, and I'm going to talk about him in a few minutes here, that I can see that happening with. Otherwise, I don't. I, I saw enough from Singletary that I'm okay with Devin Singletary being your guy. And it comes down to more for me, how do they feel about Zach Moss? Do they, are they confident in him to be a quality backup running back who can give you 15 to 20 snaps if need be, if Singletary gets hurt or something like that? Do they draft someone else again? I mean, they use third round picks back-to-back years on Singletary and Moss. Do they draft another running back? I mean, they're going to they're gonna make a move to that room, but I'm not sure that they're going to make a splashy move or a high enough draft pick for somebody to come in and compete with Devin Singletary's RB1. I think he's pretty solid there. So, 
Two other things. Beasley and Sanders are not on the team next year. Well, I completely agree about Sanders because I think Sanders is going to retire. In fact, that could happen soon. And even if he doesn't by any chance, I don't think he's going to be back with the Bills, but I do think he's going to retire. Cole Beasley is going to be one of the biggest questions to follow over the next couple of days, ranging to weeks, before free agency starts March 16th. I don't know, man. There's reasons to keep him, and there's reasons to lose him. And the reasons to keep him is he's a a good receiver, man. You say what you want about Cole Beasley. He is still a very good, very productive receiver. And he was hurt last year. He was banged up. Don't forget that. The guy still gets separation. The guy catches everything. He gets open. He gets yards after catch. He's a good football player. He's not an explosive football player, but he never really was. He's a trusty, reliable target for Josh Allen. And I can see why he would be back. Conversely, your man could, what is it, six, over $6 million they could save by cutting him? That's a lot of money to save, especially if you're trying to do other things. If you're trying to do other things, I could see cutting them. Now, there's one other factor that not enough people are mentioning, and I'm just going to say it because I know this for a fact. I'm, I'm just going to say it. We should be asking if Cole Beasley wants to be back in Buffalo next year. And there hasn't been, you know, no confirmed reports of him saying anything. And it could easily be denied. But I have pretty good knowledge that Cole Beasley is not sure that he wants to return to the Buffalo Bills. And it's not because he doesn't you know, like his teammates or any of that stuff. It's for political. Look, man, I'm just, it's, it's, it's New York stuff, okay? He's not a fan of New York State. He's not a fan of a lot that went on this last season. I know he's a little bit sore that he was, he perceived fans for booing him, even though they really weren't. I don't know. It's just a, it's a touchy subject with Cole Beasley on and especially off the field. On the field, if he wants to be back, unless the Bills are really desperate to save money, I think they, they should want him back. But I think there's off-field stuff that might lead to his, uh, his departure. And then last thing here, Hughes and Addison are both on the team next year. I don't buy that for one split second. I think Addison is gone. And I think Hughes, I, I think Hughes is going to be gone too. I don't necessarily, I think he's going to be gone. It's not that I think he stinks. It's not that I don't want Jerry Hughes back. I would be okay with Hughes coming back on a, a one-year deal for a couple million dollars with a less of a, a workload than he's had. Although the way Sean McDermott is, he rotates his damn defensive ends and defensive linemen so much anyway. Who knows how many snaps. These guys are even playing anymore week from week. He could be back. I personally would prefer an upgrade over Jerry Hughes. And I know he's much better than his two sacks for the 2021 season indicate. You don't got to tell me that. I already know it. But I think the Bills could do better at, at this stage going out. Now, I'm not saying anyone out there is better than Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes is still a damn good football player. I just... Aim higher. If it's a veteran, I want them to aim a little higher. Make This is defensive end. If they're going to make a splash somewhere, defensive end is where I want it. And to do that, you can't bring Jerry Hughes back and make a splash at defensive end. Not when you got three young defensive ends behind you. So I don't think either of them are going to be back personally. Well, I know I'm not. I don't know. But I strongly don't think Addison will be back. Hughes is uh, up in the air. That's a good tweet, man. A lot to unpack there. 
Um, oh, this one's from Lance. I had him earlier. I didn't realize I had him twice. He says Beasley, Addison, and Hughes will not be on the roster this upcoming year. Don't need to talk about that. We just did. That could happen. I would even venture to say, Lance, that I don't, I don't really know how bold that even is. I think two of those three, I think there's a good chance, are not on the roster. So, <laughs> not your best stuff, my guy. All right, Connor Helwig says, love him or hate him, Edmonds is going to get a multi-year extension, similar value to Milano. I don't have a lot to say on this right now today. Um, I will say that I don't, if I had to guess, and it would just be a guess, I don't know that he's, um, I don't see the Bills giving him an extension right now. As, as Matt, Matt Milano money too. I mean, you're talking what, $25, $26 million invested in two linebackers annually if you give him an extension similar to what Matt Milano's getting. And it's a lot of money for two linebackers. And I know Jermaine Edmonds, <laughs> Jermaine Edmonds is the most polarizing figure on the Buffalo Bills at this point in time right now. People love him. People hate him. It depends. And we've talked about this on the show a lot. It depends what you're looking for, I guess. If you're looking at stats, if you're looking at sacks, you're looking at interceptions, you're looking at forced fumbles, you're looking at fumble recoveries, you're looking at game-changing, impacting plays. Nah, man, Jermaine Edmonds ain't that guy. He ain't worth he ain't worth money. But if you look at other things, the fact of how good he looks on film, how much ground he covers, how good he is in pass coverage, how much he makes opposing offenses alter things that they do on the field. If you go by what other coaches around the league are saying about him, then he's a hell of a football player, man. He's a hell of a player. I think right now they've already um, exercised the fifth-year option. So he's here this year. I think personally right now, and again, I don't want to get too into it yet because, well, for starters, I could be wrong, but I think the Bills are going to let him play out this year, see how he does, and then at the end of the season, if he plays really well and you figure out and you conclude that these guys, both of them, are worth that kind of money combined, him and Milano, you could, you could pay him then. Or if he doesn't sign, then you have the franchise tag possibility. But to give him a, an extension, a multi-one this season or this offseason, I'm not sure. And the reason why I say I'm not sure is because on the surface, I wanted to say no right away. But then I remembered, Brandon Bean's ammo is to reward his players with extensions quite often before they become free agents. We saw it with Deion Dawkins. We saw it with Trey White. We've seen it with uh, Jordan Boyer. So we know that the Bills like to take care of their own. So for that reason, it wouldn't stun me. Like I wouldn't be stunned if Milano, uh, or not Milano, if Tremaine Edmonds got a multi-year extension this offseason. But if I was a Betty man, I would say no. But anyway, that was a good tweet, Connor. Thanks a lot. All right, Daniel Austin. Buffalo signs Tony Pollard as their true number one back. Boom. <laughs> well, no. First of all, Buffalo is not signing Tony, Tony Pollard to anything because Tony Pollard's not a free agent. So that's off the table. There's one way Tony Pollard becomes a Buffalo Bill, and that's if they trade for him. And I just don't see that. I don't see that. Now, the guy's great. I mean, he's, well... He looked great last year. Five and a half yards of carry, 719 yards rushing. Cheap deal, but that's the thing. This year is the last year of his contract. Why would Dallas want to get rid of cheap labor who's that talented and that productive 
What are they going to get for him? You think the Bills are going to give up a first or second round pick for a running back? I don't see that happening, folks. No shot. I would say Dallas would be more likely if they had to make some kind of move, they would try to get rid of Ezekiel Elliott. You can re-sign Pollard, give, give him an extension, far less money than what they're paying Zeke. And I think there's a lot of people out there that think Pollard is straight up better than Zeke right now. So, I mean, bold? Sure. Realistic? Uh, no, no, no chance, Daniel. Good tweet, though, man. Thanks, buddy. All right. <laughs> Speaking of unrealistic tweets, here's one from Cody. Cody says, trade two first for Miles Garrett. Cleveland ain't giving up Miles Garrett, man. <laughs> it ain't happening, okay? Cleveland's not giving up Miles Garrett. If I spent 30 seconds of your time right now talking about the Bills giving up their 25th pick and whatever their second round pick is, oh, he said two first next year. So 25th this year and next year. I, a, I don't think that's something Brandon Bean would do. He believes in draft capital too much to give up two first. And secondly, Cleveland wouldn't do it anyway. So, I mean, you're talking right here. You're talking a situation where both teams are going to say no. So I don't see any chance of that happening. All right. Next tweet. Thanks for the awesome year. Bills all the way. That's a pretty long Twitter handle. Bean finds a way. This is a really good. This is one of my favorite ones, by the way. Bean finds a way to get Daniil Hunter while keeping his first round pick. Um, all right. So we've spent some time. I mean, we talked about Leonard Williams earlier this episode. We talked about Khalil Mack, new trades, stuff like that, what the Bills would give up. Let me say this. This this guy is a elite talent. Donnell Hunter is one of the best defensive ends in the entire NFL, man. But and there's always a but, right? There, there's problems, man. He's only played, what, seven games in the last two years? He had a herniated disc or herniated neck or disc in his neck, I should say, two years ago. He had a pictorial issue last year. So his availability is a problem, man. It's a risk. This would be a big, big, big risk for the Buffalo Bills. Now, you did say while well, keeping his first-round pick, that's nice. Now, there's a lot of reports out there, and I did kind of look into him before taping the show, that the Minnesota Vikings, because his cap number is pretty ridiculous. However, the way the contract's structured, the Vikings could very easily just convert a signing bonus over and move money. So the Vikings, if the Vikings move on from Donnell Hunter, it's not going to be because of cap reasons. It's going to be because maybe football reasons, philosophical disagreements, whatever it may be. It might be because they think they can win without him. They think they can get a good package for him, kind of like the Vikings did two years ago with Stephon Diggs. I mean, let's not forget, Stephon Diggs was a big W for the Bills. But it was also a big W for the Vikings because they got Justin Jefferson and other draft capital. So this would be a football move if the Vikings got rid of him, not a cap move. Now, in terms of his salary, because it would mean something for the Bills, I, I'm you know I'm not even sure what it is, but I know that his money's easily convertible. So financially, it could happen. Of all the the defensive ends that we talked about today, I, I will say this: he intrigues me the most, and maybe because of. What's happened over the last couple of years? Maybe that lowers the price. Would you give up your second and a, and a fourth for him? Or maybe a second now and a, and a third next year? I would. I would. He's a great player, man. He's a great player. You take a chance that he's all right. You take a chance that he's healthy. Danelle Hunter is a great player. Man, him, Rizzo, Boogie, Ed Oliver. I like it. 
I like it a lot. That's a good tweet, man. All right, last couple here. Uh, Bills draft another defensive end with the first round pick. His play doesn't particularly stand out, and he ends up as a healthy scratch or half of the season. And that's from Mark David, uh, F right comeback on Twitter. All right, there's clearly some sarcasm here, but it is also laced with truth. I mean, let's let's be real here. He's talking about the Bills' last two second round picks, all right? Boogie Basham and AJ Epinesa. Um, they were healthy scratches plenty early in their careers. But to be fair, you said, Mark, that a first round pick, and I think Greg Rizzo started from day one. So if there's sarcasm intended, you ever so slightly missed the mark. Um, drafting a defensive end early, look, it's possible. It's certainly possible, Brandon Bean. And if they do bring back Jerry Hughes, I think it's even more possible. Now, if they go make a big splash, they go get a Hunter, they go get a Mac or something crazy like that, then nah, they're not going to use an early pick on a defensive end. They'll draft one, but not early. But if they just bring back Hughes and they're going to continue to go within, then sure, I could see a, a even a first-round pick on a defensive end. It, w- it wouldn't shock me. All right, here's one that I, there's back-to-back tweets here because they're both about the same player, Cordell Patterson. One says Patterson is a perfect fit for Josh and this offense. The next week, pretty much more. And that was from Todd K. A second pick, Marky Dew says Patterson will be signed. Let me tell you right now, we, we talked about Pollard, unrealistic. We talked about Barkley, unrealistic. I don't think the Bills would pay a heavy price to get him. We talked about other running backs. Someone else mentioned Fournette. This is a guy that I'm all about. Patterson. This guy's a really good football player, man. He's a really good football player. And here's the thing. He's a free agent. So you ain't trading nothing if you want to go out and get him. Nearly 1,200 yards last year with Atlanta. And that's from scrimmage. I'm not talking about kick returns. 1,200 yards from scrimmage. 11 touchdowns with the Falcons last year. He's a great kick returner. He's been on four teams in four years. He's a great fit for this football team. He is a great fit for this football team, man. I'll tell you what, you look at free agency as a whole, as a totality, you look at all the positions of all the unrestricted free agents out there, you'd be hard-pressed hard to find a, a better fit than Gordell Patterson. <laughs> this is what the Bills could use, man. I think he's, a, as a running back, I think he's better than Singletary. As a kick returner, he's dangerous as hell. He could catch the ball playing the slot. He could run the football between the tackles when he needs to. Man, what I wouldn't do to have Cordell Patterson on this team with Devin Singletary as your, I didn't want to say your backup running back, but maybe your RB 1B. That'd be a hell of a tandem. This would be one hell of a pickup for the Buffalo Bills and for Josh Allen, another weapon to have at his disposal. I love these tweets. So thank you very much, Marky. Todd, those were good ones. Um, all right, Jamie McAndrew says, don't be surprised if there was a stud linebacker available at 25, the Bills drafting him. Well, that's certainly bold, but I say no chance of that. No chance. If there was a stud linebacker, he'd have to be a middle linebacker, and that would mean you're moving on from Tremaine Edmonds, who's already signed for this year and guaranteed his money. So the only way you're moving on from Tremaine Edmonds is if you trade him. And if you do, now you need a middle linebacker. There's no middle linebackers worthy of the 25th pick. Uh, Nicobe Dean's a, a very interesting player. 
He's a weak side offensive linebacker in the NFL. Uh, Christian Harris from Bama is another guy worth discussing, but pick 25. Will guys, outside guys? No, I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. And you got Bamilano. Are you talking, are you going to cut Bamilano after one year? I mean, if, if you cut, I guess if you cut Bamilano after just one year, and I don't see that happening, by the way, but if he did, and a guy like Dean's there, then, then maybe. But otherwise, nah, nah. All right, last few here for sure. Spades, Spades, A King, QJ. Allen needs more. This isn't a, a bold prediction, but whatever. I'm going to read anyway. It's, it's interesting. Allen needs more weapons, point and clear. Our number one defense didn't do it for us this year. All right, listen, there's some truth about the defense. I mean, that's undeniable. But let's look. It's unavoidable, and I'm going to keep saying it So I'm blue in the face. 13 seconds, man. The Bills were 13 seconds away and a couple of even remotely competent coaching calls away. I'm getting mad just thinking about it. From going on to face Cincinnati at home in the AFC Championship and very likely a Super Bowl berth. Defense wasn't perfect, but they were good, man. They were good enough. Even if they didn't play that well against that ch the Chiefs. Not that well. They didn't play well at all against the Chiefs. That said, well, I don't even want to get into the defense, but his, his main point, Spades' main point, I'm sure, is that Allen needs more weapons, point and clear. I don't disagree with that. When you have a guy like Josh Allen, you, you're going to continue, you should continue to constantly try to give him new weapons. New weapons. And Cole Beasley might not be back. Emmanuel Sanders very likely won't be back. Dawson Knox is a good tight end. As of right now, the Bills don't even have a tight end to. It ain't going to be Tommy Sweeney. Let's just put it that way. And I love Reggie Gilliam. He can do some things. He's a pretty good hybrid player. There's a role for him on this team for sure. But you need a tight end outside of Dawson Knox. So yes, I agree. Zach Moss is a decent second running back, but they could do better. We just talked about Patterson. I think he would be the perfect weapon right now for the Buffalo Bills. I'm talking myself into him big time right now. Why while I'm on the air? I'm talking myself into winding Patterson really, really bad right now. A perfect weapon for him. But anyway, I agree with the spirit of the tweet space. I, I think Allen does need more weapons. And I, and I do think Allen will get another weapon or two this offseason. They're not just going to let Sanders walk and, and potentially not bring back Beasley and, and not do anything. Now, we didn't talk about Isaiah McKenzie. I will say Isaiah McKenzie did late in the season prove himself to be a weapon when the Bills actually use him as more than just a gadget guy. We saw him have 11 catches in Foxborough. We see him make some big plays, some jet sweeps. I think he brings a dynamic to the offense that uh, makes that offense better with him than without him. So regardless of Sanders and Beasley, and if they go on and go get another receiver, whether it's a draft, whether it's free agency, a trade, whatever it may be, I do hope, so we're clear, I'd like to see Isaiah McKenzie back. I do think he's a weapon. All right, last two here. Anthony Marino, my man from Buffalo Rumblings. Uh, Anthony, you're boring me with this one. He says, my bold prediction is that the Bills do nothing bold. Sign a bunch of vets looking to get a ring to minimum tight contracts to fill holes on the roster. What the hell, Anthony? Thanks for nothing, dude. <laughs> um, Look, he could very well be right. I mean, if you really think about it, it feels to me like that is actually the Brandon Bean mold for building this team right now. You build through the draft. You 
re-sign your own key players, and then you go to free agency and you plug some holes that might be remaining. Kind of like last year with Emmanuel Sanders. And you go out and you you sign a guy like Effie Obata who, you know, didn't really amount to too much. But I think that's what Anthony's getting at. I think Anthony is expecting to see more of the same. Maybe they re-sign Isaiah McKenzie and, and Harrison Phillips. Who knows? Maybe we're dead wrong about Levi Wallace. Maybe Levi Wallace loves being in Buffalo so much that he will take a discount. Just because um, Spot Rack is saying he's going to get 8 to $9 million a year doesn't automatically mean it's true. We thought last year Matt Milano was 100% gone. He was going to go get a monster deal somewhere else, and he re-signed with the Bills and they didn't even get the free agency. Maybe that happens with Levi Wallace. So maybe they do take care of their own. Maybe, to someone's point earlier, I could be dead wrong. Maybe the Bills decide, hey, you know what? Let's lock up Tremaine Edmonds right now and not worry about him next year. Maybe they do all that. And maybe they bring back Jerry Hughes on a one-year, three- or $4 million deal. And then maybe they just say, hey, we got to go out and we got to fill up these one or two holes with some depth players. We got to go get a, an okay veteran corner just so we have more depth here. Or we're getting rid of Feliciano. Let's go get another similar type of guard for depth. So as boring, and I joke when I say that, although it is boring for real, um, as Anthony's tweet is, I think there's a ton of validity to it. In fact, there might be more validity to this tweet than uh, than anyone this entire episode. All right, last one here. (laughs) This is so stupid, but I got to read it because you know what? This would be a perfect fitting way to end this show. Jeff Smith. At Jeff underscore Smith Bills, his Buffalo Bills bold offseason prediction, Tyler Bass arrested for trafficking cocaine in the offseason. <laughs> the fuck out of here, Jeff. Oh, God. These are the readers, man. That was fun, though. And obviously, he's joking. Um, One quick thing, though. Sal, or not Sal, Matt Perino talked about this on the podcast when we, he was on a couple of weeks ago. Nobody's still got a chance to talk to Tyler Bass. He has not been available since that Kansas City game. And that's some bullshit, man. And uh, I don't like that. And shame on Sean McDermott or whoever it is in the Bills PR department that, that made Tyler Bass completely unavailable to what I talk to. But anyway, that's a funny uh, funny tweet to end it. I don't think Tyler Bass is going to get arrested for trafficking cocaine this offseason. Thank you guys so much for listening, man. This was fun for watching as well. I like doing these. I'll get a little bit better at it in time. Like I said, I'm not used to really doing solo stuff here, kind of, you know, talking and also on the video end, anyway, trying to navigate through these tweets so people can visually see them kind of changing the screens up and stuff like that. But this was a good time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for for watching. Um, Subscribe, please. Again, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, whatever it is. Um, I'm on all of them, man. Thank you so much. And again, New episode, Casual Friday. My man, Joe Yurden. I'll be back with him on Friday. Talk to you guys soon. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.